0: Today on The Girl Defined Show, we are talking about popular advice that Christian women give, but it's so often unbiblical. And we're going to unpack specific things that we've heard and things that we have probably said, because it sounds good, it feels good, and it gives temporary hope. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of these ideas are borrowed from our secular society and they do sound encouraging, but they're not actually rooted in God's word. And so what's happening is it's giving women false hope. We're finding hope in our circumstances rather than hope in God's word. So today, we're going to unpack what some of those most popular pieces of advice are that aren't biblical and then dig into how we can truly encourage one another as sisters in Christ with hope from the word. What's up sisterhood? It is Bethany and Kristen. And yes, we are sisters. We get that question all the time. We are so excited to be back with you again this week. And this is a topic that I'm really excited about just because until somebody pointed out to me some things that I was right. saying, like I didn't even realize that I I was giving advice and offering like this false hope to other women and actually kind of doing more harm than good and I I don't want to do that. And I know many of you don't want to do that either. So we're going to bring to light a few of the things that we've learned over the years that are kind of like easy traps to fall into. But if you are new here, first, make sure that you're subscribed so that you can, you know, stick with us, get the downloads, listen to the podcast, watch the videos. I want to encourage you, though, to jump into our latest book, Not Part of the Plan, Trusting God with Twists and Turns of Your Story. Because so much of what we're going to talk about today is learning where to place our hope, who that we should be trusting. Are we trusting in our circumstances? Are we trusting in this thing that oh might happen in the future or our life might change in this way, and that's what's going to bring us ultimate peace and happiness? Or are we trusting in our unchanging Savior? Are we trusting in God who ultimately loves us and wants our best for us? And so Kristen and I wrote, not part of the plan, trusting God with the twists and turns of your story, really just sharing our own Journeys of, of this process of learning to surrender our lives, to surrender our futures, surrender the way that things just have not gone according to our plan. Yes. And it's very, it's like our most personal, mm. raw, honest book. And I think it will really encourage you. So go to girldefinecom slash trust to grab a copy. Yeah. One of the, the phrases that we've coined, we didn't really coin it. I don't know where it came from, but we thought of it maybe. And it's called a fluffy feel good. And it's when you speak a word to someone and I have done this, like Bethany said, I've done this so many times until my eyes were really open to, wait a minute, I'm just offering someone this kind of like fluffy, feel good piece of encouragement as they're sharing, you know, this hard thing in their life. And my, my intentions are very well-meaning. Like most of us, ours, we're trying to encourage people. We're trying to speak a word of hope into their, their very challenging circumstance. But at the end of the day, I realized that what I was saying wasn't actually rooted in the Mm -hmm. word. It was very much rooted in just trying to comfort them in their challenging circumstances, but not really pointing them to the hope of of the gospel, to the hope of Jesus, to the fact that we can trust him, that he is good, that even if you don't get what you want, that God still loves you, that he is still in control. And he does use all things for the good of those who love him for you know our good and his glory. My fluffy feel good comments weren't really pointing in any direction yeah. like that. And so if this is just kind of a wake up call for all of us as Christian women to make sure that we are not ad- adopting the lingo of our culture, of our society, the secular lingo that is very surface level, that does not really get to the heart. That does not really point our lives, our Yum. heart, our focus, our hope to the Lord, but rather just kind of puts a band-aid on it. Mm. That's kind of the vision that comes to mind. It's like, we're really good at just putting band-aids on people's problems. But as Christians, we have so much more hope than a band-aid. Yeah. We have the hope of the gospel, of forgiveness, of a savior, of a creator, the hope of eternity, that this world is not our home, that we're just passing through, that one day there will be no more tears. I mean, we have so much more yes. to offer people. So why aren't we offering it? <laughs> we need yeah. to be offering it. And many times we do. But I think we can all fall prey to some of these fluffy feel goods. And so we are going to share some of the most popular, starting with ones that we heard kind of on repeat in each of our own lives as we've walked through what we unpack in our book, Not Part of the Plan, Seasons of Infertility, of Longings in Singleness, which we thoroughly unpack and share how if we did not have the hope, the true hope of the gospel, as we walked through some of these very challenging seasons. I mean, for each of us, it was like a decade um, and continuing in some ways of these longing If we didn't have the truth and hope of the gospel, then I know for a fact I would be in such a deep pit of despair. I would be so discouraged, so disheartened. And it's only because of the truth of the gospel that I have that kind of hope. Well, and we know that like the truth truly does set us free. Ultimately, the truth of who we are as sinners and our need for repentance and our need for the cross and our need for Christ. Like It doesn't feel good to think like, oh, I need that. I am a lost, broken Mm -hmm. sinner. But so much of the freedom and hope in life comes from the truth. And so this is convicting for both of us. Like this is, these are things that we have learned and are continuing to learn. And I know there are probably areas where I offer people fluffy feel goods just to like ease the situation. I mean, we don't like, a lot of us don't like tears and uncomfortable and even grieving. So we feel awkward. Yeah. Like we don't know what to do with it. So Mm -hmm. we just either, you know, leave or we say something that try to make someone feel better temporarily instead of having the longer view in mind and saying, Oh, how can I actually offer hope? That's true. That will lead to, somewhere better than where they are today and not just abandoned. Yeah, and like one thing that just came to mind, this isn't on our list, but like it's so easy for us to say if someone's sharing something hard and we're awkward and we're like, how do I get out of this? Just to say, like, it'll be okay. Yes. Like, it'll be okay. Like, okay, that... That sounds really good and sounds really encouraging. But as believers, we're, we're like missing so much of the puzzle. Like imagine if instead of saying like, it'll be okay. And we give like a little pat on the shoulder. If we said, it'll be okay because God is good. Mm. It'll be okay because God is sovereign. It'll be okay because God sees your pain and he promises to meet you right there as you draw near to him. Like that's why it'll be okay. It'll be okay because this world is not your home. This pain will not yeah. last forever. It'll be okay because you can trust in yeah. the almighty God of of the world, like, see the difference. Yeah. Like, it is so powerful when we when we bring encouragement with the biblical truth behind it. It offers true eternal hope for yeah. people. Yeah. So, okay, let's dive in though to the ones that we actually want to share today. <laughs> this is I love this conversation so much. So, as I walked through my decade of infertility, recurrent miscarriage. So many well-meaning people, and I know every single one of these people who shared this encouragement with me, some form of this encouragement, meant it out of genuine love. Like that I know for sure. So I am not here to bash these people or say like, how could they say this to me? I wasn't offended by it, but I knew in many ways that some of these words were not They weren't actually rooted in the truth Mm. of God's word, but the, but those who were sharing it with me were trying to bring me encouragement and hope because my situation was very hard at certain times. And they just wanted you to be happy. So they're like, Oh, if I say this, it'll make her happy. Oh, even though it might not be true, you know? Yes, exactly. So when it came to my infertility, um, I heard so many Christian women give me advice like this. God will give you a baby in his perfect timing something along those lines or they would tell me things like your desire for parenthood is a clear indication that god has this plan for you down the road like oh that sounds so good or or some would tell me just be patient your time will come Mm. like your time will come don't worry. Or someone told me, keep praying for children and God will give you the desires mm. of your heart. Yeah. Now all of these things, they sound so good, right? Like they are, they sound so encouraging and so hopeful and like yes! so positive and, and almost like, yes, if this could only be true, if I could only find my hope in this. But here's the problem. What if I genuinely believed that these statements mm. were 100% true and then I held God accountable yeah. to these statements and I said, yeah, I have this desire. God hasn't taken away my desire for kids. Yeah, God is going to give me this or in, in his perfect timing, it will happen. And, you know, what if it never happens? Then what is God a liar? Can I not trust God? Did he forget about me? Did he miss me? Like, does he not see me? That is the problem is that when we accept a word of encouragement that isn't rooted in scripture, we place our hope in the wrong thing. Mm. And when we place our hope in the wrong thing, that cannot ultimately lead us to a place of satisfaction because our hope is in the wrong thing. It's in getting this thing that was never promised. And if it never comes, we're going to despair. There's no hope at the end of that road. But if our hope is in the Lord... And here's how those things could have been different. If our hope is in the Lord, then at the end of the day, whether those things come true or not, our hope is firmly planted in the Lord, trusting in Him. And so rather than saying those kind of things, you could say something like, you know, if God has children for you in your future, you can trust Him with that timing. You know, not saying He does, but... If he has that for your future, or like you know, I just want to remind you, regardless of what happens, God sees your longings, but he also has a good plan for your life. His ways may not be your ways, and you can trust him because he is a good father, you know, or maybe God is wanting to do something different in your life that doesn't include motherhood, but just know that he hasn't forgotten you, that he does have a good plan for you and wants to use you to build his kingdom, it just might look different than what you've always imagined those those are hard though, like they're it really hard to say in here it's like. Ooh, you know, actually thinking of right. telling someone that because it's like, that's actually truly like hope filled and freeing, but it sounds kind of scary. You it know, does, like, it to, almost to, sounds rude. Like, yeah, it almost sounds what? rude. Yeah. And I think there's a place in time. I'm not saying like, if you barely know someone, you meet him at <laughs> church and then you're like, honey, you know, God has a plan for you, but it may not include children. You just need to trust him. Like that could come across a little harsh from someone you don't really know. Um, But if it's a really, really good friend or someone that you have walked with for a little while, I think those kind of things yeah. Are, I agree. if, if said in a loving, gentle way, I think they truly can bring more hope. And even if we can help each other yeah. to make sure that our hope is set in the right thing. And if you don't have, you know, you, you're like, wow, I don't feel like I can say that. And I just met this person and yeah. I don't really know them. Then you can just say something simple, like, you know, I'm so sorry for what you're walking through. Yeah. I know I can see this is very hard. I just want you to know that I will be praying for you. Yes, And that isn't promising anything. It's not declaring their future. It's just saying, I, I see this is very hard. You're offering compassion. You're coming alongside of them and saying, I will be praying for you in this. I'll be praying for your heart as you seek to trust the Lord in this. I mean, those are very yeah. gentle, simple ways that we can speak truth into someone's mm. life. So just just a little example of the things I heard, and it has really helped me now as I talk to women who are also in seasons of infertility, miscarriage, to make sure that I'm speaking truth yeah. into their life in a loving way and offering them encouragement mm-hmm. that's biblical. We know a lot of you are not in the season of marriage or th- even thinking about your fertility because you're like, I'm just looking for a man, you know, <laughs> and you're like, to get I'm just trying to get married and I can't <sighs> find him. So I found myself in that place for many years longer than I wanted. And I remember not even being able to think about having kids because I was like, having children, what? Like, I'm just looking for him. Like, where is he? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, very similar to you, I had a lot of people say many things to me to try to offer me encouragement and to offer me hope and this is kind of a silly example but you know like at weddings where they toss the bouquet and like you catch it and everyone's like your turn's next that can be so silly but honestly I'm very tall and I was in a lot of weddings because like all my friends got married and sister and like and so I caught a lot of bouquets and I remember mine including yours (laughs) I think I got like somewhere between 8 to 10. It was quite a few. Have you saved them? No. Okay. (laughs) Absolutely not. I barely saved my own bouquet for my own wedding. That's true. But I remember even in those moments, as Mm. silly as it would seem, people would genuinely come up to me and be like, oh, like your turn is definitely next. Like we know you're going to be next. We know you're going to be the next one to get married. Like you've been so faithful or you have have poured out so much. Like your turn is definitely next. Like really, you know, you're probably going to be the next wedding. People would say things things like that to me to like, mm-hmm. oh, in that moment, it feels so good. And it feels so exciting to think like, oh, he's just around the corner. Where is he? Like Prince Charming, where are you? And I, you know, he was going to be there. And as exciting and thrilling as it was to hear some of those things in the moment, in reality, they just weren't true. Because year after year, Prince Charming must've got lost on the desert somewhere because he couldn't find me. So all of those words of hope and encouragement. Like, they just brought me temporary kind of excitement. Yeah. But in so many ways, they distracted me from the season that God had me in. And so God had me as a single woman for the first 30 years of my life. And it took me a while to get to the point of saying, I have no idea what the future holds, but I know right now my purpose is to live for God and to glorify Him. I can trust Him with tomorrow. Mm. I don't have to worry about whether He has a husband for me because I know He loves me, He cares about me, and I can fulfill my purpose as His daughter by living for Him whether I am single or married. And when I was finally able to um trust that truth that God had a plan, that I could trust him, that he would, you know, he would bring a man if that was his will. But I didn't yeah. have to worry about that. I could just wake up every single day and say, God, what do you have for me today? How can I live for you today? I don't know. If I catch a bouquet, great, that's fun. And <laughs> he, 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 but I don't have to, you know, live in this hope that, okay, my I, I'm gonna be faithful because my husband's just around the corner. Yes. Or, you know, I I'm gonna, I'm gonna do these right things so that God will bring. Me a husband. Like, no, I found so much freedom, so much life, so much encouragement when I kind of surrendered my own plans, surrendered my own dreams, and really started living, living for God. You know, I mean, there, there are so many things in that vein. Like, well, if you would just be content, then God would yes. bring you a man. Like, which is another <gasps> thing that people said to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, Like, oh, once you find contentment in your singleness, then you'll be ready for God to bring you a husband. Like what, what like, verse did you pull that from? Oh, like Romans 53. <laughs> like, like yes, the contentment part. Very very good. You're onto something there. Like yes, pursue contentment in the Lord period. Not pursue contentment. Almost like God is like a Coke machine or a gumball machine. Like let me put in my contentment quarter, turn the knob and then out pops my husband because I've been content. Like I mostly like how you called it a Coke machine. It really shows our soda machine, a pop (laughs) machine. (laughs) (laughs) Everything's Coke. Like it's a Coke machine. Like it's not a soda machine, everything in there. It's all Coke anyways. That's what it is. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) But even things like that. Yeah. things like that, where it feels even very spiritual. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you, if you are single, like, no, we don't know. We have no idea if God has a husband for you or not. Does that mean you can't prepare well for that potential possibility? No, of course you can prepare. You can have hope. You can have faith. Like, God, I really want this. I'm going to pray for this. I'm not going to give up on this, but it's not going to, it's not going to be the thing that defines me. I'm not going to make an idol out yeah. of it. I'm going to live fully and completely for you today. Yes, I want this, but I'm not going to bank my whole future on the fact that I have this desire, so this is Mm going to be my future, um, or anything like that. So it's just important to, I think, wake up every day and say, okay – do I have a ring on my finger? Yes or no? Okay, well, I'm going to serve God wholeheartedly and live for him wholeheartedly yeah. as a single woman. Or one day if I have that ring, as a married woman. But my purpose remains the same. I am here to live yes. and to glorify God. And that is the most important thing I can do with my dad. Yeah. And if you're listening and you are in that season of singleness and you're longing for marriage, in our book, Not Part of the Plan, Bethany shares, like you share yeah, the so whole story. much, like the whole journey, getting into the nitty gritty of like the, the hardest, darkest places yeah. in her journey of trusting the Lord. really shares practical verses practical scripture, what she meditated on from the word, how she found, I'm talking about you like you're not here, how she found hope in the Lord. But really, it's just such a practical guide. If you're like, yeah, I'm struggling. Maybe for you, it's infertility like I struggled with or something else, longings in a family or job stuff or who knows, but you're going, this was not part of my plan and I'm really struggling to trust God. Then this, I think, will bring so much Mm -hmm. encouragement to you. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the next fluffy feel good or the next piece of advice that's very popular that we have heard so many, Many Christian women give um, is one that I think is going to step on some toes because I don't think everyone's going to actually agree with us on this Mm. one, but we'll explain our reasons why we feel like this is not biblical. So it is when people say that you need to forgive yourself. You know you're struggling with that. You're dealing with that pain. You know that brokenness, that sin. Like, honey, you just need to forgive yourself and move forward. Mm. And this is something that I I feel like I'm hearing more and more. Yeah. Um, just in the Christian influencer world, I'm seeing it in books. I'm hearing it on podcasts. I've heard it at conferences. And and I think that it's a very interesting concept. I think yeah. it's very well meaning. I get the heart behind it. I understand why it's being said. Um, and I'm going to unpack that here in just a second. But here's the problem. When we look in scripture, when we actually look in God's word, never in the entire Bible from beginning to end, do we see this command, this call to forgive ourselves as one of the necessary steps in order to be forgiven. We never see that. Or to be free or to, or to be free like, or yeah. to thrive or to move past something or to overcome a sin or to forget past hurt, yeah. um, forget, you know, try to move past something maybe we've done. Never in scripture do we see this as one of those steps in order to find that freedom, mm-hmm. in order to move forward, in order to get to the other side. But it has become so popular and I'm not really sure what its origins are, yeah. like where it came from or why it is like, such a popular talking point now when it comes to forgiveness, but we just need to recognize that the Bible never talks about this idea of forgiving ourselves. You're not going to find a verse on it. You're not really going to find any commands on it. And so here's the deal though. When we've sinned, When we have hurt others through our sin, when people have sinned against us, forgiveness is absolutely what needs to happen. There is, the Bible has a ton to say on repentance. So if we have sinned against another, the Bible, or, you know, we've sinned against others, we've always sinned against God in all of our sins, the Bible calls us to walk a path of humble repentance, to be humble and repentant about our sin. If it's against someone else, to go to that person and to say, Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry, please forgive me. I have sinned against you in this way. The Bible talks about going to our brother going to our sister if we've sinned against them, going before God, confessing our sins. And then First John 1, 9 says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness period. There's no more works that we can do. There's nothing else that we can add to the forgiveness of Christ when we genuinely go before him, confess our sins. We can bank on the fact that scripture says that he Mm. is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. But what I think happens more often than not is that we walk through some of these steps and we might go through the motions, or maybe we don't even go through these steps. Maybe we don't even confess. We don't even repent. And so there's this lingering guilt. There's this feeling of like, "Ah, I just can't shake this feeling. Mm. This thing I've done or this thing that's been done against me, it just hasn't fully been resolved. And so then we're told, well, I think what you need to do is forgive yourself. I think you need to figure forgive yourself to really move forward. Maybe that's the missing piece. But I don't actually think that's the missing piece. I think the missing piece is that we haven't actually taken the biblical steps and pursued repentance or gone to that person who's offended us or who we've offended, have have sought reconciliation, confessed it, and then received God's forgiveness. His forgiveness is something that he promises, but we have to receive it and accept it and believe it. And I think more often than not, we don't actually believe that we are 100% forgiven, cleansed of all unrighteousness. I don't think we believe that. And so we we walk in this lingering guilt and Shame. The enemy is lying to us all the time, trying to keep us in that state of shame, lying to us that we, you know, we're not really forgiven. You know, we can't really overcome this. People really know who you are, trying to almost find our identity and our sin when God is saying, I have forgiven you. I have cleansed you from all unrighteousness because you have asked for my forgiveness. It is yours. Mm. And so we need to believe it. And so I just want to read a really quick quote from an author. I think they put it in a beautiful way of helping us understand this idea of true forgiveness. When we sin, We regret our bad decisions, and we are remorseful over the ways that they have hurt ourselves and others. The enemy continues to accuse us and remind us of our sins. Others in our lives might do the same. There are times we might even think it is repentant or laudable to refuse to forgive ourselves, as if our punishment of ourselves will atone our sins. But that is not at all the message of the gospel. In fact, the Bible is quite clear that we could never make up for our own sins, We are sinners who are dead in transgressions, and we see that in Romans, Ephesians, John. We are hopeless apart from Christ. The gospel tells us that God's wrath for our sins has been poured out on Jesus. Justice has been served. Living in guilt or self-punishment is a denial of the truth of the gospel. Reminders of past sin can actually be used as prompts to praise God for his mercy and his grace. Current negative consequences from our past sin can be reminders of God's faithfulness in the midst of them. They can be prompts to prayer and reliance on God for endurance, rescue, and transformation the idea of forgiving ourselves is actually truly just receiving god's forgiveness in its fullness mm. that is what we truly need to do receive god's forgiveness in its in its fullness and that there is much freedom mm. so I hope that was encouraging to you. (laughs) That's really good. (laughs) Because we don't need to chase after this idea of self-forgiveness. Rather, just like this Mm -hmm. quote, just like I've been talking about, we need to truly pursue Mm -hmm. forgiveness, repentance, reconciliation, and then receive the freedom that God offers as he 100% forgives us from Mm -hmm. our sins. Another fluffy feel-good that is probably the most popular right now. They're positive affirmations. Girl, you're so brave. Girl, you are so strong. Girl, you are amazing. You are the best, you know? Okay, so we were at a very popular Christian women's conference earlier this year, was it? Yeah. I, yeah, earlier this year. And a huge emphasis, I don't know why, but like a huge emphasis of the conference was like communicating these things to those around mm-hmm. you, like calling out qualities that you actually don't really know if they're true in your friends. So like if you were to meet someone to be like, wow, you are such a courageous woman or you are right. such a, or something like this, like you are such a good mom or you are mm-hmm. such a good wife. Like you are incredible, but I really don't know. if I don't know are, you. <laughs> I don't really know you. Or maybe, you know, as friends, we are, we don't really have that deep of a friendship. And maybe I yeah. am, maybe I'm actually not being that great of a wife. You know, maybe I'm like not loving my husband. Well, maybe I'm gossiping about him. And you're like, girl, like, you are the best yes. wife ever. And it's like... <laughs> How do you know? What? So it's and I remember being at this conference and okay, this is hilarious because this happened. They did this whole like example of how we need to call these things out in each other. And you know, even when you just meet a stranger, we need to build community in this way. And the ladies behind us after (laughs) because they brought a couple ladies on stage and they had them ladies who never met each other role play and say these were these like affirmation words to each other when they really they didn't even barely know each other's names. And so But it was supposed to be this super meaningful time. people were crying. And so the ladies behind us, as these two women are on stage saying, you are an incredible mother. You are so courageous. And the ladies behind us are like, how do they know that's true? And I was like, somebody's somebody's saying the truth there. And of course, it feels so Mm -hmm. good to tell someone – that they're amazing and they're the best mm-hmm. and they're just like crushing it in every area, but that might not actually be the case. And so often like, yes, it's good to encourage people with genuine encouragement. Yes, like, we're not saying don't encourage no, people. Like I could see, you know, say you're, you know, you're having a hard day with the boys. Like, wow, right. I really see that you are striving to be a mm-hmm. a good, a mom, faithful a mom, faithful mom, a patient mom. Like I see that you're really working at yeah. that, you know, like, um, you know, I'm going to pray that God continues mm-hmm. to give you the strength to really, yes. That's you good. know, to love your children well. It's not like, girl, you are the best mom ever, and you're like, well, I just, you know, yelled at my son, you know, it's yeah, like, <laughs> or I just got really impatient. Like, wow, I actually need God's forgiveness, right. not a positive affirmation. You know, yes. so I think when it comes to those we interact with and those we communicate with, let's try to speak things that are genuinely true, like positive things that we know for a fact, or call out the good. Like, wow, I know that situation is really hard, and I see you really striving to be patient. That's amazing. Like, I really admire that about you instead of saying, like, you're crushing it. You're the best. Like, why don't we call out the things that are actually true and say, Mm -hmm. I see the direction you're going. I see how you could have spoken negatively about your husband just now, Mm -hmm. but you didn't. You pulled, you chose to focus on the positive in this, that situation that really inspires me, you know? So those are genuine, true things that you can call out in those around you and things that you can say to those you just meet that are true. Like, you know, you don't you don't have to say, wow, you are, you are the best. You are crushing you are it. Crushing you are doing life. amazing. Point out the one thing that is true. Mm-hmm. Call out the one thing like, wow, you know, you're at the grocery store line. Like I really appreciate how you smile at all of the customers who come through your line. That really brightens my day. Thank you so much for that. You know, you're calling out something that is true. Just sure yes. like <laughs> they're smiling enough, like an angry you. face. So we just want to encourage you to yeah. call out the things that are actually true Mm -hmm. and don't just say positive affirmations over yourself or over someone else because it feels good and it kind of like, I don't know pumps, pumps, pumps each other up or something. Right. I know. And when you look in scripture, you see verse after verse of the Bible, not pumping us up, but actually pumping up God and saying like, we need, you know, God is awesome. We need him, you know, seek the Lord continually in Chronicles. Like he is our strengths. Fear not. I am with you. God saying you're fearful. I'm not, but I am with you. Right. Verses in Isaiah, my heart and my flesh may fail me from the Psalms, but God is my strength. I mean, that's the truth is that we are all very weak. Yum. We are all very needy. We are all very broken. So if we just try to pump each other, up all the time, we're not actually acknowledging our need for God and helping people find true strength, true power, true encouragement in the power and strength of God, not just in ourselves. So the last thing that we want to share, and this is another really popular one, and it is that... Um, comes from Psalm 37.4. It's actually a direct verse. I mean, this is a verse you will find all over Hobby Lobby and TJ Maxx and everywhere. And it (laughs) is delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. And I'm just going to touch on this briefly, but this is just almost like a pet peeve because people use this verse very well, very well intentioned, but basically to say like, Hey, just delight in the Lord. And again, he's that Coke machine delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires you're longing for marriage. Just again, find contentment in the Lord, delight in him. He'll give you marriage or, yeah. you know, you're longing for children, just delight in the Lord. His timing is perfect. He will give it to you when he sees fit. And I'm sure it'll be soon, right? Yeah. Just delight in the Lord and that job, you know, that next season of life, whatever it is, that healing from your sickness, delight in him and he will give it to you. And it's like we make God like he is some sort of vending machine yeah. that we can just put our money in and control him and manipulate him and force his time, our timeline to be his timeline. But what this verse is truly getting after, and if you read the whole Psalm, you, you have to emphasize the right words and you'll hear a different message. So delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. It is that delighting in the Lord. When we are truly delighting in the Lord, we are truly satisfied in the Lord. And so guess what? The desires of our heart change because my number, if my number one desire is to get pregnant, have children and I am not, am I truly delighting in the Mm. Lord? No, I am delighting in my desires. My bullseye is my desires. But if I'm genuinely delighting in the Lord, 100% finding my fulfillment, my satisfaction, that's what full delighting in the Lord means. Then my desires, they're not gone, but they're not going to be my bullseye. They are not going to be the greatest desire of my heart. My desire, my greatest desire will be to walk in that Mm. right relationship with the Lord, right? And so it's kind of tricky, but as we genuinely delight in the Lord, our desires are met in Him relationally. And then everything else kind of takes a little bit of a backseat, if that makes sense. So in closing, rather than offering fluffy feel goods, we want to be women who are grounded in the word, who are biblical, who are encouraging women with gospel hope. We'd love to hear from you. Go check out Instagram, leave a comment, continue this conversation. What fluffy feel goods would you add to this? Let's keep it going and let's be women who truly encourage one another with the truth of God's word.